This program, of course, is presented by Pro Wrestling Illustrated, the most widely read, widely sold, and respected wrestling magazine in the world today. This is the Pro Wrestling Illustrated Podcast. I'm your host, PWI senior writer Al Castle, joined once again by my co-host, Brian Sullivan, author of Wrestling Observer's Book of the Year. That's right. Blood and Fire, the unbelievable real-life story of wrestling's original chic. Happy to be here, Al, as always. He's, he's got it in his writer now that I have to introduce him that way <laughs> every episode. Uh, and joining us for the first time, PWI contributing writer Scott Fishman. What's up, Scott? Good. Thank. I'm honored you guys invited me, especially you know this week of all weeks. So not That's a bad to start to debut. Absolutely, and <laughs> well, it is Matt a big Rock week. Wasn't available. <laughs> okay, I'll take it though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it it is the biggest uh, week of the year. I don't think that's any kind of uh, understatement. WrestleMania is. I'm so used to saying WrestleMania is this Sunday. WrestleMania is this Saturday and Sunday. Uh, the biggest show of the year. I'm heading out to, to, as we're recording this t- tomorrow night to California. Nice. Uh, going to be very jet lagged, uh, hoping to do the uh, the Hall of Fame, SmackDown, and then WrestleMania over the weekend, and somewhere in between there, take the kids to go see, I don't know, the Hollywood sign, the Walk of Fame. I don't know what you do in, <laughs> in California, uh, but we're going to go through the whole card here, uh, uh, match by match. Some matches obviously getting more attention than than others. Give some predictions. Uh, it should be fun. So, uh, but real quick, let me tell you about the latest issue of Pro Wrestling Illustrated. It is the may 2023 issue by the time you're watching this we might already have the june issue out i think it's supposed to drop uh this thursday digitally uh later next month like april 18th uh, the print edition uh so don't want to say too much about that one but a really fun cover have you guys seen the cover of the next magazine it's pretty amazing yeah 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 a little bit of a throwback um which uh kevin's great at so uh, that's fun but this is, uh, I don't know if you call it a WrestleMania preview issue. Before we know the card, it's always a little bit tough to figure out what we're going to do. Uh, but we've got a fun feature here uh, talking to various celebrities, wrestlers, insiders about their favorite WrestleMania moments. We've got uh, kind of a, a fantasy booking WrestleMania in here and so much more. Obviously, the former Sasha Bank, Mercedes Monet, is that what she's going by? Uh, on the cover, a whole lot in here. Go to pwi-online.com and uh check it out you can either pick up the one issue or subscribe for sure that's where you get more savings uh subscribe either to the digital edition or the print edition and uh you could do it all at pwi-online.com trying to keep the plugs short because it is uh wrestlemania week uh and uh, a lot to talk about and i'm sure our coverage of wrestlemania is going to be in in a future issue um so but let's get into it guys uh before we go match by match um brian why don't i I start with you overview uh and the show hasn't happened yet so so you can't put in historical context but does this feel like a wrestlemania i mean is wwe putting its best foot forward with this show i think so absolutely i mean and and i've had people have this conversation with me who are just fans who just to bring it up that it just is a solid card, and it actually feels like, I know we've talked in the past about mixed feelings about the two nights thing and all that, is it too much and all this. I'm still on the fence on that, but I think in the time they've been doing the two nights, this is the first time that it really feels like, all right, there's enough great matches and storylines to go around. I really feel like 
it's 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 not going to necessarily feel like oh my god two days of this like like it it feels exciting you know yeah i i really agree i mean i i wrote down all the matches to talk about here and i think there's like 12 uh maybe 11 or 12 and even like ranking them in order even like 10 matches down you've got john cena you've got brock lesnar it really is a, a loaded card um, Scott, your, your thoughts as an overview uh, on this card. It's one thing also for a, a card to look good on paper and sometimes an execution. It's like when you really think about match by match, it's like, well, this is a, you know, this has got some star, star power. It's got some marquee power. Doesn't necessarily deliver in the ring. Are you optimistic about um, putting aside, again, marquee value of this being a, a thoroughly entertaining WrestleMania? Oh, for sure. I think one of the great things about this WrestleMania is there's this, the long-term storytelling, and then there's the the payoff at the end. The whole Bloodline storyline, I think, the past year and a half or so, this has been building towards this WrestleMania, and that alone, I think, you know, makes this feel like a WrestleMania that, that you know, in Cody's journey and knowing his story from last year's WrestleMania to this year's WrestleMania, it's so rare to kind of see a story play out over long term and then have people that interested in how it's kind of spread across. Like you see Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens invested with the Uzos. Um, and then on top of that, you have the Mysterio uh, storyline. So I think those alone have really kind of got me excited uh, for WrestleMania. I mean, there's some matches, yeah, the build could have been a little bit better, but when it comes from a work rate standpoint, I think uh, it'll definitely deliver over the course of the two nights, especially where I feel like it's a lot less filler than um, in past years where they were just throwing matches are, which don't get me wrong. There are, you know, ones here and there, but due to extenuating circumstances, probably too. But I think overall, I think this one will be a very strong show. Yeah, shows, yeah. I should say. Even uh, Edge and uh, Finn Balor. I mean, you're talking about a storyline that goes back almost a year or so. Uh, yeah, very much the culmination of a lot of long-term um, storytelling. And, and as you touched on, in some cases, you're talking about stuff that literally has decades of, of history uh, behind it when you talk about Sammy and Kevin and um, Cody saga. So, uh, yeah, I'm super excited. Let, let's jump into it. Um, obviously, the main event, Roman Reigns and Cody Rhodes. Uh, Brian, just a few months ago, we were unsure whether this was the match. You know, I think a, a lot of people were holding out hope that this was the year we'd get uh, the Rock and uh, Roman Reigns. So I don't know if at the outset this maybe felt like a little bit of a consolation prize. Um, the the other thing that competed with that was obviously uh, uh, Sammy getting so hot. So there was a thought, you know, is this really the right main event for WrestleMania this year? When you're talking a stadium show, L.A., huge audience, biggest show of the year, um, does this fit the bill? Is Is this a worthy main event? Absolutely, it does. And I have to say, just as an aside, because I've heard, I don't know if this is confirmed, that that Charlotte Flair and Rhea Ripley are going to main event night one. Have you heard that? That's, yeah, all the talk. That's crazy to me. But Well, I, I would have gone that route. I would have gone with the tag match. But now you've got a Flair main eventing night one and a Rhodes main eventing night two. So that appeals to me on a different level. But I have to say that it, with the Cody situation, I, I mean, I'm not... I, I'm not saying I'm glad he got hurt or anything like that, but I think even he would agree probably that in the long run, in terms of the payoff and the build and the way it all worked out, it's almost like the injury, uh, it, it it actually is turning out better, I think, than it would have been if he hadn't gotten hurt. Because I think, uh, I, I really sensed that if he hadn't gotten hurt, he would have been champion way before this. I think they were probably going to put it on him at SummerSlam. And so like, now to have it be this year-long build, which I don't think was their original intention, 
but it actually worked out better being the year-long build. People really do care. People are invested. There was always that fear that um, they were going to turn on him the way the AEW fans did. But I think you're talking about a totally different fan base here. You really are. The AEW fan base, they're, they're the WWE fans from 10 years ago, basically, who like turned on Batista and all that stuff. I think those people are gone. This is a very different kind of fan base. You have a lot. And again, it's 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 back to being a lot more family oriented. A lot of kids. Kids love Cody Rhodes. I don't know if you've been watching this as closely as I have. I mean, it's almost like in that sense, it harkens back to like the days of Hulk Hogan and the Ultimate Warrior and Bret Hart even. I mean, kids love this guy. I also think it's hilarious to me because now the Rock situation, no one's even talking about it anymore. I mean, yeah. I know we're talking about it right now, but like it's 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 really there's no sense of disappointment, I don't think. And in a way, knowing that to my understanding, I don't think that Paul Levesque and Dwayne Johnson are each other's favorite people exactly. I think that there's a little bit of personal pride here of Triple H saying, like, hey, look what we got. We don't need you like putting together the best possible main event and best show that he possibly can. And he's done it here. And this main event is like the icing on the cake. Yeah. Yeah. We're talking about the the build, Scott, you know, Brian and I have talked about how maybe summing some of the timing was off. And now that we're pretty much at the end of the build, uh, I think I, I stand by that. I mean, it, it felt like it maybe peaked a little too early and you know that that initial promo they got so many people talking which was cody and paul Heyman, happened before the previous pay-per-view before this match was even uh official and we've had now uh, a couple of confrontations between cody and roman i've loved all of them i mean i again i've touched on it here i like that they've gone sort of the um the the respectful route and not somebody running uh, somebody else over with a car backstage so i really like the build it does feel like it, it peaked a little early, you know, closing now with with Cody beating Solo, which was fine and it was good. Um, but you think about, you know, some of those one on one face offs that Cody and, and Roman had. I think that would have been a better kind of go home angle than than what we got. Uh, what do you think of the build to this match? Yeah, I mean, I remember being in the arena for that Paul Heyman and Cody Rhodes segment and just the electricity, this how invested the fans were. And you're right, Brian, just the reaction that Cody Rhodes is getting. I mean, when you look at the recent live event in Denver, when you have like 9,000 people attending a live event and Cody's on top, Roman's not even advertised, um, you see what kind of a draw Cody is right now. I mean, he's hot. And I read also that, you know, he's up there with the top tier talent when it comes to merch sales, too. So um, that is very telling and kind of showing maybe uh, for the future what kind of champion, what kind of draw he would be if Roman, you know, does lose and, and you know, have, take time off and things like that. You have someone that can carry the load per se. Um, I, you know, I agree that kind of it did peak a little bit. And for me, I was at one point I was so invested in the Sami Zayn story that I was really going for I was like, OK, let's let's do Roman and Sami at WrestleMania. We can wait on on Cody because. You know, that story was so strong, too. But they've done a great job of kind of veering my attention back to Cody Rhodes and Roman, uh, where I'm like, OK, this this is a good story uh, to kind of follow through with. Um, but, you know, we still have one more SmackDown after this recording. So, you know, who's to say that it's not going to finish even stronger with the two in the ring? Um, it's interesting to me, though, that, you know, not much physical interaction, too. And I think that's also what's building this anticipation is. You know, when they finally I you know, I really hope that they you know, there's no physicality when it comes to, to SmackDown. But, you know, you never know. But even 
with that, I think that is another layer of anticipation is, is that, you know, so often they're very quick to do a contract signing and then physicality ensues and, and things like that. But they've kind of limited that a little bit. They kind of used the conduits of the other members of the bloodline with Cody Rhodes. And that, and I think that was a, a brilliant, um, brilliant way of doing it um, involving all the, the members in that way too. So um, yeah. So I think, I mean, the thing is though, with the story, it did build up, you know, quicker. Maybe they even thought it and, you know, the segments came on, but I think at the point, at this point, it's already sold. Like it's a done yeah. deal. It's just kind of getting to the show and kind of having, you know, what are we going to do for this show? We've already kind of gotten sold. We just need like another week or two. What are we going to do? So I think that's what kind of went down to the last couple of, you know, the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I'm not expecting a lot out of SmackDown. The last few years, it's been uh, very much kind of a, a paint-by-numbers show, I think probably in part because you don't want to risk anybody getting injured. So you'll see a lot of promos and, and squashes, and I'm I'm fine with it. You know, I think that's, that's fine. I'd like to see uh, a really good video package to kind of, like, tell the story. That would be great. I'd be fine with that um, for, for this match. Uh, in terms of uh, prediction, everybody seems to think that this is when Roman finally loses uh, the title. That's kind of bittersweet for me because this has been such a historic, you know, Hall of Fame worthy run for, for Roman Reigns. And it's kind of sad to see it come to an end, you know, the thousand day run. Uh, that said, this does feel like the right time, you know, um, and you've, you know, I think in Cody, you've got the right guy. He checks all the boxes. He is an over baby face, which is such a hard thing to do. You know, even John Cena struggled. I mean, half the crowd was, right. was doing him. And here's a guy, as you touched on, who is sort of universally loved. Let's mm -hmm. see how long, you know, that can last. Uh, but, uh, uh, Brian, I'll ask you both. Uh, Brian, do you assume Cody's going over? I do. And I, I agree with you that um, it's, it's a little sad. It's bittersweet that the Roman Reigns rain ending especially you know me being the history buff and i know that he's he is three months two months away from surpassing pedro morales and, and has he surpassed hogan already the the uh the 84 no 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 that's four years so okay. he's not touching that but pedro was like two years and 10 months and i think he's like two months away from that and that would put him at like number four behind bruno hogan and backland which is insane wow. So, but that is not worth derailing Cody Rhodes. You know, you have to think it's just not worth it. It's just, it's like stat geek wrestling nerd stuff. It's not worth de derailing like the hottest pure baby face they have had since I don't even know when. Like, and that's the thing, like you were saying, this very rare thing, like he's doing what I think they wanted Cena to be. And I mean, you look back at Cena now and he's one of their greatest they've ever had. And now there's all this kind of romanticizing of Cena and, and rightfully so, but they were never able to get the fan base to fully completely embrace him. And that almost became his calling card. Like, but, but, but that's happened with Cody and I don't know what, what the difference is. I don't know why, but because he's a very pure baby face like Cena, he's not like, this anti-hero like a Hogan or a Rock, I mean, a, an Austin or a Rock, somebody that, you know, they like because he's a, a jerk, you know, that kind of thing. Like he's he's just a pure, what they would call a white meat baby face. And in 2023 with this fan base today, that's a, that's a rare thing. And I think also it speaks to how much the fan base has changed. And it's also interesting to note how 
Like if you go on Twitter, for example, which I don't advise anyone to really do more than they have to, but if you go there, you you get a different sense because that's where all the smart ass snarky yeah. fans are, and that's where all the people are that can't accept like you know a pure hero like Cody. But that is not reflected in the actual human beings who watch Raw every week and buy merchandise and and you know pay for things, and it's just not reflected. The, 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 the fan base today, I think, is much more accepting of all that. They finally recovered from the Attitude Era after all these years. And I think it's a different kind of fan base. And that's benefiting Cody immensely. Yeah, yeah. I think, like, timing is is so important. I saw an interview recently with The Undertaker with Ariel Helwani. And they were talking about uh, um, Brock beating him at WrestleMania uh, 30 for to end the streak. And... You know, now, whatever it is, nine years removed, I think we could look back and say they got that timing wrong. You know, I th- like in my mind, that's a whole other conversation. But, you know, that wasn't the time to end the streak. And, and Brock um, wasn't the guy. Um, and again, people could debate it. But I feel like when you've got that hot hand, you have to cash in. And Cody is that that person. Right. I mean, now you've been building Roman for for years um, and. People said it should be Drew. People said it should be Sami Zayn, you know, uh, Edge, Daniel Bryan. All these guys have have come up short. Um, And I think all those decisions were correct. This feels like where you kind of cash in. Scott, do you you agree? I mean, is this the right time? Yeah, I mean, I liken it to, you know, any good a good movie. You may know the ending, but, you know, you enjoy the journey. and, And and it's even though it might be predictable, it's something that you want audiences to go home happy, you know, after the show. And I think that is the case here. I mean, at the reaction that they're going to get if if Roman does win, I mean, it's just going to be a mixed reaction. But I think it would kind of take the wings out of the sail, the wind out of the sail of, of Cody Rhodes. And you can't go back. You can't put the lightning back in the bottle again. And I think, you know, not not on the same level, but I think back to, you know, Yokozuna and Lex Luger, they're building up right. Lex Absolutely. Luger, the whole Lex Express, and then SummerSlam 93 hits. And, you know, there's no satisfying end. He went, they, they have the whole yeah. parade, and it's so ridiculous that they have that. So, you know, it's almost like, <laughs> let's not have that with the patriotism and things like that. And then him not kind of overtaking um, the villain. So I think having that, I think in this case, it's, you know, Roman can recover from this and, it's still impressive, though, and he still has that that cred of being that long-term champion of the modern era, especially in the age of streaming and all the programs and all the shows, and he's lasted this long is even more impressive. So for me, I, I, I don't see another result than Cody winning the match and kind of going on, plus you leave it open for Roman to, to take the time off if that's what he's doing. It's definitely, you know, well-deserved and coming back at SummerSlam and you have the rematch or... You know, there's there's always the talk of the you know there's more interest in the the hero you know chasing the title, but I think in this case, um, you want to finish the story. If you're going to finish the story, then you need to you know you keep saying finish the story, and you don't finish the story, then it's kind of not not a good look. I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I agree. I mean, I think the the thing to do here is you, you put the title on Cody. Roman steps away for a while. You give Cody that spotlight um, for a while, um, and. You know, we this might come up throughout this conversation, but I think there's um, a long line of of really interesting challengers uh, yes. for Cody, and um, there's a lot for Roman too. You know, I, to me, like what they're clearly building is Jey Uso uh, again, right? And uh, I loved that program so much a couple of years ago that I I'm very much interested in, in seeing that uh, revisited, maybe 
you know, I don't know if it'd be higher stakes, maybe without the title on on the line, um, but that could be huge for for Jay. Any predictions as far as like, you know, th- does Jay get involved? Is this where do we see the the, the collapse, the end of the bloodline uh, on Sunday? Is that maybe something that they they pull the trigger on Raw on Monday night? Yeah, I can see Roman getting like frustrated with them and kind of, and then you see this implosion a little bit. Uh, and then I'm not sure where Heyman would fall into this. That's the interesting question I have. Is Heyman going to stick? If Roman does take time off, is in this bloodline kind of sticks around? Is he going to just be managing solo and and coming out with the Uzos and things like that? He's been such a great part of the show. And I mean, solo is one to watch for me. I mean, yeah, Jay too, but I, I, I've been loving the subtlety of that. It kind of reminds me of the Batista Triple H where, yeah. you know, it's eventually he's going to come up and then it's going to be like, okay, take him seriously. And then, you know, I just feel a lot of the writing on the wall there too. And I think there's a lot of interest between for that feature. Kind yeah, of match. yeah. Um, so I think this segues it uh, a good into what I think is the next biggest match. And I think you could make the argument is the biggest match at, at WrestleMania, the, the tag team match, uh, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens versus the Usos. Uh, to me, it's unthinkable that they would not, uh, headline one of the two nights with, with this match. I think this is a WrestleMania worthy main event. If it was one night, I mean, I, I really do think it it's that big a match. Um, love the storytelling here. That pop when Kevin and Sammy uh, hugged was one of the all time great pops. I mean, it, again, Brian, we talk about this. This was one of those get your kids and make them watch this uh, moment. And yes. I mean, my kids sit through it and my wife sit through it because it was that fantastic. And and you know, I think back to attending these these you know small local shows with El Generico and, and Kevin Steen teaming up and then feuding against each other and and to think that it's come here i think it's just sort of beautiful i mean it i i'm not ashamed to say that i that that i welled up a little bit you know uh, at that moment <laughs> it, it was that well done i think jay uso is the mvp of the whole bloodline um storyline uh, he's my my favorite promo to watch i think um he's something really special you know, and uh, it's funny that he for for so long, I mean, really like the first 10 years or, or so of his run in WWE, uh, he and his brother were, were sort of literally interchangeable. Right. I mean, it was like you, right. you didn't know which one was which. And now to me, Jay uh, is is such a presence, such a force um, and uh, the real kind of X factor in this match. You know, even now that the match is finalized and we have Sammy and Kevin on the same page. Now the question is. Where is Jay? Is, is Jay's heart fully in this? Is he is he committed um, more to his family and the bloodline, or clearly he's got a sense of right and wrong in him, and and he, and he's torn. It's just a level of storytelling that you haven't seen in WWE um, maybe ever, and and certainly in a long time. Yeah, it's it's unprecedented, and I mean, like it could be the main event. It, I mean, it should be the main event of night one. Um, I love the fact that, and I want to point out, point this out because we're talking about Roman and now the tag champs. I give them a lot of credit, and I'll give Triple H a lot of credit with the patience that they are investing in these title reigns. Now they are not hot shotting. I pointed this out to somebody the other day. You've got Roman Reigns, who's the longest reigning world champion, you know, since Hulk Hogan. The the Usos, the longest reigning tag champs ever in the company's history. And you've got Gunther, who's the longest reigning IC champ since the Honky Tonk Man, all at and, the same time. And Bianca's going on a year. As right. She's the longest reigning, they said, black singles 
champion in WWE history. Yeah. So, I mean, like, there's something to be said for this of not the age of the hot shotting, you know, it, it, it does a lot of harm. And I think that's being recognized now. And it's working. It's not like we're looking at these people and going, God, this is boring. When are they yeah, title off him? Yeah. That's not happening. And I mean, um, the, the, obviously, that's another t- title that needs to change hands at WrestleMania for that story to make any sense at all. I mean, you get these cynical people that are going like, no, man, um, Kevin is going to turn heel on Sammy. That's where this is going. And I'm like, mm-hmm. that's not. Yeah. That, you're, v- you're, thinking like Vince Island, York. <laughs> you're not think like Vince Russo. Yeah. It's dangerous. So that, you know, <laughs> but I think that that uh, it's going to be a great payoff. I, I love it. Like you said, I saw them also. I was at the Manhattan Center in 2007 when they had uh, Mitsuhara Masawa versus Kenta. And, and they were both on the show on the undercard along with like half the AEW and WWE rosters of today. So it's it's amazing to see how far they've come. It's very exciting. Yeah. yeah. Scott, do, do you uh, uh, also assume that uh, the Usos are losing the title? I mean, I think it would go along with the, you know, they, they built up the bloodline so much and it's like the Roman Empire falling. Yeah. And I think that kind of follows through with that. Um, and yeah, when you guys think about the the history of of Kevin Owens and and Sami Zayn, I even think even after Ring of Honor to to NXT and their history there too. So even in WWE, so it's just amazing to see the the back and forth and and how they're these good friends, enemies, and things, and culminating with this. And you know, regardless of where it is on the card, I mean, it's it's still. It, the pace, hopefully it's not like back to back with another match. It's all, it's all about the, how the card is laid out too, yeah. I think is very important. So hopefully it's kind of put in a place where it can breathe and kind of get that, that reaction that they're looking for. Um, but it's interesting to see, you know, with Rhea and Charlotte as the, the main event of night one, if they go that route too, it's like the traditionalist is like, okay, the Royal rumble winners should get the spotlight. So they're always like the Royal rumble winner, you know, and then, so maybe a case can be made for it, but, you know, and then you have the argument of, you know, who has the best story? What match are people most looking forward to? So it kind of goes back and forth for me. It, But I don't I mean, I don't I'm not as kind of angry as a lot of people on social media as, as the, the placing of the match. But it would be very cool to see a tag team title match headline a WrestleMania. Yeah. yeah. I, and I, I, oh, sorry. Go on. I, I was just going to say, I mean, you know, so many times over the years we've seen those wrong decisions made. And sometimes it's like a close call. And um, you go with the the world, you know, WrestleMania 18 comes to mind, right? And and Rock and and uh, Hogan go on with second to last, and then they close with Triple H and Jericho. And I was I was in the building, and and you know, people were literally filing out the exits before the end of the match. Um, and that was sort of like self sabotage, you know. WrestleMania 25, Undertaker and Shawn earlier in the card, crowd was dead for Triple H and uh, Randy Orton. So I feel like it's it's entirely predictable here, right? I mean, and um, in in terms of especially, I mean, and, and we could transition into this discussion. I don't see any um, scenario with Rhea and Charlotte, and I think they could have a really good match, and I think, you know, Rhea's a star. But that's not the kind of, regardless of who wins, I don't think that's what you send home fans with right i mean if Rhea wins the title a heel wins the title if charlotte retains a kind of lukewarm baby face um retains versus uh potentially you know that image of of sammy and kevin 
you know, best friends, worst enemies, all those ups and downs celebrating on the main event of WrestleMania stage with the championship. I mean, that is the ultimate WrestleMania uh, feel good, you know, send, send the fans home happy moment. They also seem to be teasing in that last Charlotte promo almost her being heel again. I mean, I don't know if that's it's so uncomfortable. Just the, place. the way I read it, it was such a strange promo. It, it came off as a heel. I mean, she was even yelling at the crowd for for doing the Watt chant. Watt, yeah. Like, so is this now heel versus heel? Like, what, what's happening with this? I will say that uh, at the risk of making night two a little overly heavy compared to night one. I think if you're not going to do the tag match as the main event of night one, which you should, there, it might be interesting. The ultimate, you know, downfall is if you put both of those matches back to back and have the bloodline just completely collapse and have just a big victory lap for all the fans and for everybody. <laughs> you might see in, that yeah. in back to back matches to have them just go down in flames. There might be something very exciting about that. Yeah. Yeah. There might uh, be one thing, one quick thing, just at the end, they, just because let's say Rhea and Charlotte go on last, who's to say that they don't have some sort of cliffhanger regarding the night two to kind of get people invested? Like, True. does the, what does something happen big, you know, to affect the main event next the next night or something like that? So maybe they're kind of going for that or they'll have a big appearance, a big surprise appearance of someone towards the end of like The Undertaker or Stone Cold or I don't know, something else. Maybe they have something up their sleeve in that sense. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, you're right. I mean, there's definitely part of me that is reluctant to second guess them because they've been doing such a good job that I feel like they've more than er uh, earned the, the benefit of the doubt here. You know, again, a lot of second guessing when they didn't put the title on on Sammy um, in Montreal. I think now, whatever it is, a month removed, clearly that was the right decision. We wouldn't have had this amazing uh, angle with with um, Kevin and uh, and uh, Sammy and the Usos if they made a different decision. So I think everything worked out. I trust they've got a plan and, and um, that it will uh, work out. Uh, uh, let's uh, finish talking about Aria uh, and Charlotte. Um, you know, again, they seem to want to build this as a big match. Um, I think it's the third time they've done it at WrestleMania, right? Am I, am I right? I think second. Well, what Rhea won the title at WrestleMania, uh, a couple years ago, didn't she? Was yeah, but I don't think it was from her, was it? I know no, she, it? I she lost to Charlotte in the empty arena COVID mania right. three years ago. I don't know who was it. Was it Rhonda that she beat? Charlotte beat Rhonda last year. No, who year. did who did uh Rhea beat for the title? Uh, was it Asuka? I think it was Asuka. You're right. Yeah, I think it was Asuka. Um anyhow, I mean, I think They've done an admirable job, the the, the women in this match. It, 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 this is a very, uh, you know, I think they've done a good job of delivering very canned promos. This is like very much sort of the WWE we're, we're used to where they go out there and they cut these very long promos, unnatural. Um, yes. Charlotte, it's a real problem because she'll disappear for months at a time, you know, to kind of uh, refresh her. She comes back, and I feel like almost instantly fans are like, eh. you know, th there's just um, there's a real wall there between fans and Charlotte, whether she's a heel or a baby face. And I don't know how you get past it because she really is great. I mean, it, it's fantastic. I think some of it is maybe some some built in sort of resentment. You know, how much of this is nepotism? You know, uh, so she she's always and she touched on that in, in her promo. Rhea's been great. I mean, uh, I wasn't the biggest fan uh, before when she won the title at WrestleMania a couple years ago. Uh, I wasn't feeling it. 
Um, I'm I'm all in now. I think she's the star of the Judgment Day. I think you know this is a situation where somebody landed in just the right program and gimmick and character. It this feels like, even though it it's more of a of a character in some ways, it feels more authentic to who she is. I mean that when when you see her out there, she's really kind of living the part, and um, she's got some real star power, and they could use some some additional stars. It's been like you know, that core three or four, when you talk about Bailey and Charlotte and Bianca in the last couple of years, they could use somebody else in there that is like a WrestleMania headliner for, for the women. So that's all fine. I think they'll have a really good match. Um, it doesn't feel like a main event to me. What do you think, Scott? Um, well, so I got to talk to both of them a couple weeks in the last couple of weeks. Uh, and, you know, they talk about three years ago and just, you know, their mindset going in and the story and going into that one and how, you know, going into this one. It's interesting when you like you mentioned, Charlotte just has this natural heel about her. Uh, just when you're when you have this overachiever, it's almost interesting because it's like the opposite with Cody. And just he has this this likability right now where Charlotte just and just doesn't when it comes to like getting people, you know, she has fans and things like, and she gets kind of the woo and the reaction and things like that. But she really loves, she wants this run because for so long, she says that, you know, because she's the heel, she can't interact with the fans and she can't hug the kids all the time and things. And now she's kind of getting that opportunity. But when she's like in the ring, cutting these promos, it just doesn't connect. So it's really interesting because Charlotte outside the ring, has this natural likability when you're talking to her and things like that. And you're like, Oh my God, you know, if you want to make her this fan favorite, you know, it's, it's too bad. You can't, it doesn't tra transition well on television, but, um, but I agree like as far as the the storyline built and things like that, but it's interesting with Rhea, it's like the judgment day could have easily just collapsed with edge and everything. And they kept going with it. And they, you know, it's interesting because a lot of times, they'll they'll invest in something and they'll just give up on it, you know, after a couple of weeks, but because they kept with it and because they started believing with it and the evolution and you're letting them, you know, do their thing, you're seeing, you know, the benefit of that. So um, I think this would be a celebration of Rhea's time and kind of passing the torch a little bit for them that, which should we you know, which didn't happen, um, you know, those three years ago, but these are different. She's in a different place now uh, from then. So I think, Again, I don't see how Charlotte winning in this case would go over well. Um, it'll be a different if they don't have Dominic at ringside. I don't. I see the fans just going for Rhea and, and, and turning on Charlotte in this match. So if they're well, looking to go awesome. in that direction, then that's yeah. that could happen. Yeah, yeah. The Judgment Day. Uh, you know, in in some ways, I think it has been a, a a victim of its success in that all the players, maybe with the exception of Damian Priest, who doesn't have a whole lot to do. They, they've all done such good work and all have these, you know, WrestleMania is evidence of that, all have these really important storylines um, on their own. Um, and because of that, they're all over TV and it gets to be a bit much. It feels like the old kind of like NWO days where, where every other, you know, entrance at, at uh, Nitro, what's, you know, the, the, the NWO B team music. It, and, and it has a little bit of that vibe that like, because again, you're talking three big programs. Um, they take up a lot of TV time. Judgment Day does. Yeah, but I think that uh, you know, Rhea Ripley might wind up being kind of the success story of Judgment yeah, Day. Right. I mean, a few years ago, she just wasn't ready. We saw Bianca and her get crowned at the same WrestleMania. Bianca excelled, Rhea did not, she flopped. 
And I think she is a star now. I think she was then in the making. I mean, she's got an incredible look. She's She can work. I think she can credibly work against men if they wanted to dabble in matches like that, like they did with China. I think she could be an exception to that. Um, I think they need to – and I'm not saying this because I think she's a terrible promo. I don't think she's a fantastic promo. I think that her character does not need to talk a lot. Yeah. We don't need to have Rhea in there giving these soliloquies about her hopes and dreams and things. She's a monster. We don't need that. It's not like she she doesn't she can't ever talk, but we don't need her delivering speeches. It doesn't help her. If anything, it hurts her. And I think I agree with Scott. I think there's a really good chance that the crowd could turn her, especially if she's out there on their own. I even think maybe that might be what they're hoping for. I think she could be the kind of a turn where it's like, it's not like all of a sudden she turns on a dime and she's kissing babies and signing autographs. I think she could be the same character she is now, yeah. as long as she's not affiliated with the Judgment Day and still be a baby face. I, I do think the problem that we've got with the match is, yeah, you know, I don't, I don't think it should be the main event just because she won the Rumble. I, I don't agree. I don't like that idea because it's it it stymies the creative and it kind of forces them to do things that might not make for the best overall show, you know, but I think the match was Rhea and Bianca. That was, they missed the boat on that. I think that that was the match that should have been made. And I think if they built that up, right, I think it would have had a, it would have been maybe more deserving of being a night one main event, but if anything, it would have Mm -hmm. at least been a more interesting build and a more interesting match. It's just like sort of like a natural fit their their parallel trajectories and i know they're gonna do it i know they're saving it for something but i think that this was the time to do it i i um i somewhat agree i also understand though uh and maybe this is the transition to talking about uh bianca's match that in both their cases you've got two young stars on the come up right and you'd be sacrificing one of them you know as opposed to having charlotte make Rhea, um because i think uh bianca still has room to grow you know we talk about these long title reigns that are coming to an end at wrestlemania i think the one that shouldn't is bianca right i mean i think bianca mm-hmm. needs to go over on asuka clean um and continue the build maybe the next year and then maybe then you pull the trigger on on Rhea and uh bianca it will mean a lot more uh you know, Bianca will be on a, a two-year reign. Maybe Rhea still has the title by then. Uh, and, and you know, is that where you unify the titles? So when I first heard um, both these matches, I was kind of lukewarm on, on them. Neither of them felt like they have, like, the WrestleMania gravitas. Uh, but in as much as there's still some long-term planning here for two relatively young stars, uh, I think it's fine that you put them both in the position to to shine, working against you know veterans essentially Charlotte and and Asuka. I mean, I think now they're sort of transitioning into that phase where that's their role is to help create uh, uh, that next generation. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think you end up with with two women's uh, matches and and maybe even a third with with Becky's match that none of them really feel all that important on such a big stage, and and they've um, work so hard over the last several years to really position the women to to be in meaningful matches at WrestleMania and they are here but but uh clearly uh, to me it feels like an off year for for the women uh in general at WrestleMania 
Did you agree, Scott? I mean, yeah, they think there seems to be a little bit of a overall frustration with with the way the women have been um, put on television, at least when you hear from like a Ronda Rousey and, and things like that, what she thought about Liv Morgan, but who knows with that. But yeah, that's unfortunate uh, that that is happening um, with that. I, like I, I loved Brian's idea of having Uriah Ripley uh, and Bianca Belair with, with what happened at the Royal Rumble and you know, how excited they were and they can go in the story uh, with NXT and things like that. So there were so many ways they could have gone with it. Um, but I think it just became a matter of, okay, we have the two women's titles. What are we going to do with them? Who's going to face who? And then, so I think that comes down to, for me, I like the idea of Roman holding both, like having the title over both brands. And I think showing that how effective that can be. And I think in this sense, it's rather than, okay, we need to have all the women on the show and we need to have, you know, them have both title matches. What are we going to do sort of thing? Having a more meaningful type of match. Um, I'm all of the belief of having one champion for women, men, tag team. So I yep. think that would have also helped in this kind of situation, the level of importance rather than putting uh, them together just because, uh, and I had such high hopes for Asuka at the Royal Rumble. You thought they were going to do it. So I think they could have done a lot more. I mean, the video it just shows you, though, how, how effective video packages can do, which promos and matches and things can't leading up to it. If they kind of have continued on the way that they did that, that those video vignettes they did on, on Monday, the video packages, building up Asuka, building up Bianca, and kind of using that, then kind of reverting back to the whole over-the-top Asuka now, you know, that we saw before. So it is unfortunate um, for them. But, you know, years ago, they weren't even on the card. So, yeah. you know, it becomes a point where, OK, at least they're on the card. But now it becomes a point of, OK, now they're on the card. They need to be doing something meaningful. Yeah. Uh, let, let, let's talk uh, real quick about Asuka and, and Bianca Belair. I think, you know, similar to Charlotte and um, Rhea maybe being hamstrung a little by both being uh, heels. This feels like a little bit in the in the reverse. Uh, I don't know who the heel is in this match. I mean, uh, Bianca is beloved, and Asuka is sort of more edgy. But to me, she's still a baby face, and they've at times been aligned. It's also kind of like sort of a, a respectful, friendly rivalry. I think they've done a nice job, especially given that Asuka's only been in the company now four years or something like that, four or five years, of um, giving her that sort of like mythology that she is a legend that she's the um you know the, the the biggest challenge ever this this giant that needs to be uh slain by uh bianca so uh i think the video packages have been well well done uh to me not not a squash match but i think this is a match that bianca needs to decisively win right yeah they teased they teased Asuka a little bit going heelish with recently where she was kind of like attacking after the match and that, and that sort of thing. I don't know if it's, you know, how it's going to play out at WrestleMania. I initially, as we know, initially I thought, okay, I think Asuka needs to win this because I felt like a lot of damage was done to her in recent years compared to, she was one of the classic examples of somebody that got served up on a silver platter from NXT and ruined in my opinion um and, and and this is like a rehabilitation but but now i've kind of come around i do agree that i think this is bianca's match to win i think she has more to lose if she loses and i i think this this would i think they've done a fine job of building oscar back up to the point where i don't think she necessarily needs to win this match 
Uh, but I, I don't know if they're going to if, if that's their plan to turn her or, or what they're planning to do, because it does feel like somewhat face versus face. But, uh, you know, it's an interesting match. Like I said, I would have preferred Bale. I mean, not, not Bale. would have preferred Ripley against her. But under the circumstances, I think they'll put on a good, good show. Yeah. Scott, do you, do you think Bianca's yeah. keeping the title? Yeah, I. I think if they're like you guys said, if there's somebody that should keep the title, it's definitely her. There's no reason for her to stop her momentum um, in this in this scenario. But for me, um, one thing I want to see when it comes to like either a backstage segment or an entrance is, you know, you have the great mood of getting inducted in the Hall of Fame and Asuka does the mist. I would love to see either her him come out with her at the entrance yeah, cool. or them having a backstage segment, just some sort of involvement. Because, I mean, you, you got to do something. I mean, I think that would be so cool. So. That's an aside, but yeah, I agree with yeah. you guys when it comes to the, the result of the match. <laughs> See, seeing them load up their little balloons backstage. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, after here, we're outside of the, the real big title matches, and now we really we're into attractions. Um, to me, Mysterio versus Mysterio is probably the, the next most intriguing match. Uh, you know, this is something that's been talked about really since, since Dominic uh, debuted as a wrestler. And when it was first discussed, I think a lot of fans, maybe myself included, thought it was kind of in bad taste. Like, how are you going to have a father wrestle a son? And and it's just sort of ugly. I think this has been so well done. I've I've thoroughly enjoyed it. I think Dominic is great. Uh, maybe the most, like, overheal in the company. I mean, everybody, you know, fans really hate him. He's really kind of uh, despicable. And um, I like the, the slow build that they just, you know, they, they just pulled the trigger on it. I also like that they didn't do it at the Hall of Fame. There was some thought that, you know, the the big angle to do the match would be at the Hall of Fame. You know, I think that event should be kind of, is, is sacrosanct to leave it alone, have Ray do his speech. You know, maybe he eyes down Dominic from the stage, but I think that night should be about uh, Ray. And, um, you know, the, the angle that, that finally got us this match, uh, I, I really liked. And, and it's one of these things that, you know, you kind of uh, remove yourself and uh, appreciate wrestling in, in a different way that it's just so funny that like you've got this situation where uh, a kid's on his on TV, like mother effing his dad and, it, you know, and his mom telling his mom to shut up and disrespecting his sister and then his father punches him. And, you know, backstage, Ray couldn't be prouder <laughs> of Dominic, right? I mean, he's probably like beaming the the, the proud papa over uh, uh, Dominic's performance and and getting to punch his kid. You know that that's the business. But um, I I think this has been really well built. I'm I'm really intrigued. Um, and I would you know this one's a little tougher to pick, right? Because on paper, I you know you would think Dominic should win. You know he's he's the long term investment. Ray is. I think he's probably pushing 50 uh, now. Uh, that said, WrestleMania is also about, you know, leaving th those WrestleMania moments and, and sending fans home happy. And it'd be a real downer if, you know, Dominic beats his dad. So, um, but I, I really feel like you can't go wrong either way because this has just been so much fun. Especially because Ray is the first person to be inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame while still a full-time member of the active yeah. roster. That is I was thinking happened. Edge, but Edge retired, right? Edge and was retired for many years. years. You've had people come back, but you've never had – they always say, oh, we got to wait. We got to wait till the guy retires. We can't do it Flair, now. technically, right? I mean, because he was retirement match was the next night. 
Yeah, but he was retiring. The, yeah. the understanding was he was finishing. That's not an understanding with Ray, I don't think. I mean, there's no – I mean, it may be like sort of like an un, unstated thing, but it's definitely not official. But And having said that, I think you can't have him go in the Hall of Fame as the only active member of the roster and then lose the next – day i i think he probably he does need to win i admire the discipline again discipline of this build and the fact that the temptation would have been there and i think in years past that immediately when dominic turned that would have been the match they would have gone right into it oh my god uh, i've turned on my dad now we're gonna have this match but instead they said you know what ray is like and i don't know how much of this was storyline or not ray was just like i'm not russ i'm not working with my son i'm not wrestling my son put me on a different show. They were on separate shows. I mean, mm -hmm. talk about the, the, you know, restraint and holding back and, and, and authenticity. I mean, that, that's right. real. That's what a father would do. And making you want it again, when, when you really believe it, that Ray, it's not like the wrestling logic of like, I love you. I love you. I love you. Now I suddenly hate you and I'm going to kill you. And <laughs> like, you know, it, it was this very sensible, like, no, you're my son. I don't care what you do. I'm not going to like fight you. You're my son. Like, all right, yeah, you're a bad guy now. All right, I feel terrible, but I'm still not going to – I can't hit you. And then so when it finally happens, you believe it. You buy it. It's perfect. And, again, another incredible pop, another incredible reaction. It was just like finally, you know, it, it, this is finally what it took. And, uh, again, great – just great creative up and down the card. People – well, you know, whenever I praise something, God forbid, and I'll be like, oh, the bloodline is the greatest storyline they've done in years, and people will say, oh, yeah, great. What's the second greatest? As if to say, like, that's the only thing they've got. And I will list them, and, and yeah. the Mysterios is one of those things. It's like it's been great creative, um, and, and it's made a huge difference. Yeah. yeah. And then uh... – interesting you know you have the first father and son tag team champions and now you're seeing them compete at wrestlemania so that's also another interesting layer and the storytelling has been not only been great on tv but during the holidays i've come to look forward to the I love that stuff. <laughs> with the mysterios and Rhea and going to their house and then the follow-up with them getting arrested and of course what's come of it is you know all this stuff with with dom in prison and and the t-shirts and i'm just everyone's just been falling in love with this sort of thing and then you think back, you know, just last year or something, they were talking about, you know, does Ray pass along the the mask and, and everything like that. But an interesting part of this is for me anyway, is you see Dominic keeping his name, Dominic Mysterio, where like, I think if you hate your dad and you hate the name, and you want to be a part of it, that he would have said, you know what, I'm not a Mysterio anymore. So that's one little piece that for me that I would like to see added into this is you know, for him not to be called Dominic Mysterio, I've forsaken my name. I don't want to be a part of this this family. You know, I'm angry at my dad. So that that kind of a little bit, I think, would add it to it. But I agree. Like, just uh, I mean, I'm wearing my Vincent Ray Mysterio shirt right now. But um, in this case, I think of like Owen and Brett, and see how you know Brett kind of got Owen to this position and and kind of created that space where where Owen could really thrive as a character. And we're seeing that happen with with Dominic and. I don't think Dominic losing here would, would do him, you know, wouldn't hurt him that much. And it would give Ray that moment of the hall of fame. And it would also, maybe it would get him frustrated at Rhea, which you're talking about him, her breaking from the bloodline. And there was a little tease at the restaurant when he, you know, he didn't pay and Rhea had to pay, you know, for the, the dinner. And there was a little subtlety. Are they going to break up? And could this be the catalyst for that? He gets angry. It's just so many layers to this. And, and you know, it's really exciting. And you're right. 
there's so many ways to go. But for me, I, I would like to see Ray kind of get that, that weekend, you know, nice bow on the weekend with everything going on. Another intriguing part I think is, is how this match is worked because, um, you know, I, I don't think you could have Ray going after Dominic with a steel chair or trying to bloody him up or anything like that. I mean, at the end of the day, even though he agreed to this fight, I think the, the, the idea here is he wants to teach this kid a lesson. He wants to put him in his place. You know, he wants to humble him, but not necessarily hurt him. Um, so it'll be interesting how how this match is worked, where I could certainly see Dominic um, trying to hurt his dad. But does is Ray a little hesitant, you know, and, and the, you know, potentially does that cost him the match? So um, with with all of these matches that that we've talked about, uh, they are the they're a payoff, but they're also the first time they're doing them. So you've got a backlash and, and all that stuff. So uh, that's the, the tricky thing is that is this just chapter one of a, a storyline that plays out over several months? And then that maybe changes um how you you book this and what the finish is um uh moving on and, and maybe move through these rest of matches a, a little quicker i think we're through the well this next match is also a, kind of a big one edge and finn balor uh hell in a cell we now know that finn balor is going to be the demon i think that's another big selling point they made it super duper clear right because i thought it was sort of funny that you know uh a finn just dropped the mention of of demon in a promo when this match was announced a couple uh, a weeks ago and then they did that video package, which I thought was really good, where he says demon, then he says demon again, then they show his face as a demon, then they show clips of the demon, and then they show the WrestleMania a picture of Demon Balor versus Edge, and it's like, demon, 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 yes, you're going to get him. And th that's a really intriguing thing to me. I, I interviewed Finn uh, a month ago, and I asked him, um, you know, could the demon character work as a heel? Because it, it's such a an over babyface character and clearly he had given it some thought and he said that there is a way it, you know the circumstances have to be just right clearly this is what he was thinking um it'll be interesting to see you know how the demon works as as a heel because balor in in this character has to be a little bit of of a chicken and that doesn't really you know work with with the demon character uh, also intriguing yeah i just saw an interview with edge where he's got some big ideas for for this uh a match you know and it is Hell in a Cell and it's WrestleMania. So uh, clearly they're going to plan some big crazy spot. I don't know what it is. Um, I got to say, Edge has been very hit or miss at WrestleMania the, the last few years. You know, I think sometimes maybe he kind of gets his own head and, and he, you know, remember him and Randy Orton uh, in his big mm -hmm. comeback match was just kind of a disaster. Yes. Um, but even last year with, with AJ, uh, a letdown. So I, th I think like, Again, maybe gets in his head, kind of overthinks it, and um, the execution doesn't quite work out. So, uh, but I think it's a good match. I think Finn's great. I think Edge is great. Intrigued by Hell in the Cell, intrigued by Demon. Uh, I, I'm here for it. Yeah, I agree, and I think that um, the the thing about the, the the I was gonna say the fiend got perished the thought <laughs> in my mind. The thing about the Demon is, I, I'm sure that he's got a plan. I'm sure they all do. It's going to be interesting to me to see how you play that out as a heel character. I mean, I don't know if the way to go is to have him be the kind of cowardly heel. I think it has to be more like the monster heel of just like, you know, um, 
oh my god edge what have you what have you uh unleashed like but but not in the sense of where when he was a face where it would be the heel and you'd be excited it would be like oh my god how is edge going to get out of this like he's he's really taking it too far i do think it also falls in line thankfully with what triple h was saying about he had said in the past like things like hell in the cell for example uh, rather than just have a pay-per-view where it's like, yeah, we're doing Hell in the Cell matches because it's Hell in the Cell. Anybody want to be in Hell in the Cell? Yeah. You know, it's more like it makes sense and you bring it out at WrestleMania. I think that's a great idea. Um, I, I think this is the proper use of a Hell in a Cell match. Uh, I, I think it, it's it's perfect. I hope that it's better than the Randy Orton Edge match from WrestleMania yeah. a few <laughs> years ago, certainly. But, but I think it actually makes sense and it fits the storyline and it's uh you know it it's it's actually it doesn't feel forced you know yeah scott what do you think about this match and who do you think is going to win this match so you know there's all this talk about if edge is going to come out with gangrel and if AEW uh, gave christian permission to come out with the brood so having the brood come out and with the judgment day i think would be an incredible visual but aside from that um i you know when it comes to edge uh going on you know i don't i think there's more to gain with finn i mean i know there was talk about going with finn you know getting you know triple h has been such a big fan of finn baller and you know it's been start and stop with him ever since he even came on the main roster all those years ago so if they are moving forward with team this would be kind of a way to kind of cement that going forward i mean edge obviously doesn't need to win here um so i'm thinking of that but when it looks like when you talk about the overall hell in a cell and the visual of that, I think that'll be a really interesting. I mean, we've had the whole, the both sides of the spectrum when it comes to hell in a cell, we had the undertaker and boss man, and then, you know, Shane McMahon. So there's so many, you know, things with Braun, but um, so, you know, the bar isn't that high when it comes to hell in a cell matches at a, uh, at WrestleMania for the most part, but <laughs> yeah, but I, I can see, uh, I, I'd like to see Finn go over in this case. Yeah, I, I think that's the the right call too. And again, you know, thinking ahead of um, Cody as champion and potential programs, Finn Balor is one that I think that would work really well. You know, the the Bullet Club history and all that there. So um, yeah, I think it's a good idea to to keep Finn strong coming out of uh, WrestleMania. Yeah. Um, the uh, women's six uh, six woman match. Again, kind of an odd one, you know, Becky Lynch, one of your biggest stars in, in the whole company, sort of hidden in a six person uh, a tag match. Uh, I kind of don't get it. I, I think I I get, you know, wanting Lita and Trish out there and the attraction of these uh, former women stars. I don't know why you couldn't just do Lita and Trish versus some combination of, of um, damage control uh, uh, to me. You know, Be Becky is going to be one of six people in, in the match at any given time. It just seems like kind of a waste. Um, the the storyline, the build, uh, it just never sort of felt fully formed. You know, Trish kind of got in the storyline late. And uh, I just don't love this. You know, I, I'm not a huge fan. It it feels like it, it may be the, the, the Becky Lynch, uh, uh, Bailey damage control. Um, program on, on one hand feels like it's overstayed it's welcome and it also sort of feels like it never really got off the ground i mean i don't know that like we ever had that real big big match i know they worked against each other but uh yeah this just feels kind of like a, a failure at launch and i'm just not feeling this match 
and they, you know, Becky cut that promo on Raw, which it felt like one of those like AEW, those promos you hear in AEW where it's like a little bit too much of a shoot to the point where it actually feels like it hurts the people instead of helping. Because what she said is, uh, that's a shoot. I mean, they've done nothing. The Damage Control faction, they came out hot at SummerSlam and just, it's been the same crap, like she said in the promo over and over again. That's what it feels like anyway. And I think that's what's holding this match back. I like the idea of having, you know, the, the whole legends coming back. It fits the WrestleMania theme, the feel-good thing of Lita and Trish in a match. That That's cool. And I almost feel like it's a good idea to not have that match. I mean, Becky probably shouldn't be mired in that match. But it's a good idea to not have it be super high profile because I will say this not to be depressing. I love Lita. I love Trish. I think they were both incredible as talents. I also have to say that being people who are about 15 years removed now, yeah. I really question how much of this audience cares. And I hate that's very blunt and brutal to say, but like of this fan base, I think half that crowd either wasn't watching or wasn't alive when Lita and Trish were in their prime. So I think – and now I'm not arguing that they shouldn't be on the show, but I think it's a good idea to not have it be too much of a high-profile match because you don't want to overplay your hand. I just don't I, – I don't know how how much of an attraction that is. But I think it's a great addition to the card. I'm not sure what you do with Becky if she's not in that match. I'm sure they could have thought of something. But, again, like I said, I think my biggest problem is – um, that damage control has really stalled. Uh, I think one thing that I appreciate, though, is that they did not fall into the trap of, oh, we got all these great women. We're going to have like a couple of like triple threats and fatal four ways for the women's titles. I think that would have been a mistake if they tried to like shoehorn Becky in there. So I don't know what they would have done with her. I'm sure it would have been something, but maybe it would have been Bailey. Maybe Becky Bailey. Yeah, but I, yeah, I guess Becky and Bailey, and then damage control against you know Trish and Lita. But I imagine part of the reason why they're doing this at all is that um, Becky needs to carry the 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 load in that in that oh, match. Yes. I mean, when you got Lita and and Trish, who as you touched on, are getting up there and have not worked regularly in many years, um, so I imagine she's going to be doing a lot of the the work in there. So. I, I get it. Um, it just feels like I don't want to say a waste of Becky, but um, maybe uh, a, a a a misuse in that she is a legit star. You know, I think they've pulled back some, and we some you know rightfully so because you've got Bianca and you got to get her up and running. Uh, but she's maybe the biggest female star in the history of WWE, right? I mean, I it think was that, that window of time, and it wasn't yeah. long, but where you could honestly say she was the biggest star in the company, the most overstar. And I don't think that has ever happened with a woman ever, not even China uh, saying you're the biggest star in the entire company, period. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I mean, she has that to her credit, even though it didn't last long, it, it did happen. Yeah. Scott, what do you think about well, this match? Well, I think, I think the whole Becky and, and Bailey story should have ended with that cage match that they built up for so long. And it got redone after, you know, people were so irate about them not getting enough time. I think that should have kind of put, the bow but i guess that like you said they have you know putting them on the show figuring out what to do with damage control um i mean I, they've i think they've overstayed their well it just hasn't worked they've tried everything they can uh with this and i think after this match maybe they kind of move in a different direction or 
you know, if Trish is sticking around and, you know, she's known for turns at WrestleMania, um, maybe there's going to be a, a Becky Trish kind of scenario that's going to be playing out in the next couple of months. Uh, maybe. So there might be a rhyme and reason for everything, but it's just, you know, it's nice to have on the, the graphic, but, but you, like you guys said, you know, the question of what can Trish and Lita do, I guess we'll, we'll see. Um, we've seen Lita before um, in a singles match with, with Becky. Um, but, Trish has kind of been on the backdrop. So I, I'm expecting something with her involved in coming to the forefront at this, you know, with the match itself is I think will be secondary. Yeah. I'm guessing Trish in particular doesn't do a whole lot, you know, tags in, gets a couple of spots, maybe, you know, sell some, but uh, it's going to be Becky doing most of the work. And yeah, the problem with damage control is, uh, and you think about how over Bailey was a couple of years ago, you know, when in, in the, um, the Thunderdome uh, days, Bailey was such a, a a huge act and really getting over. And just the timing was a little off. She never got like that big payoff at WrestleMania. Um, and now, you know, some of that, that personality is just sort of lost in this act with two other women that barely talk. It's just, I don't know, it's just not really working. Um, Seth Rollins and, and Logan Paul, another uh, uh, marquee match. Um, to, you know, I've said this has the potential to be the best match of, of the weekend. Um, I think that highly of, of Logan Paul and certainly of Seth Rollins. Um, again, is kind of a pattern, maybe suffers a little bit from not a super clearly defined baby face and heel. You know, they they tried the route of of Logan being a baby face, and I think fans weren't totally buying. I think he actually did a fine job as a baby face, um, even though the fans are never totally behind him, but his his style in the ring certainly lend itself to uh, being a baby face. Very exciting. Um, Seth, I guess a baby face, but sort of this obnoxious heel uh, character. So it's just, it's kind of a, a, a mess. Uh, so I don't love the build. I haven't loved the promo work here, uh, but I think in execution, it could be very, very good. Yeah. And, and I, I appreciate the fact that they, I don't know if this was a conscious decision all along or if they're just kind of like going, rolling with the punches. I appreciate the fact that they really have given up on the idea of Logan Paul as a babyface, uh, which I think is a tough sell <laughs> for a lot of people. I think, and, and that's not to say that he's not great. He's great. He's a, he's a natural. I think he absolutely deserved, you know, rookie of the year and all that kind of thing. Um, but uh, he's a very unlikable personality, at least from the perspective of a WWE fan base, and especially and and, and even watching his his talk show and all that stuff. I mean, that is not a baby face. But but the Seth thing has been weird because, like you say, um, he also doesn't seem like a baby face. It feels like people just like him because they like to sing his song. Yeah. I don't think there is any other reason. I I don't. Uh, it is a confusing thing because for a while there, he just seemed to be a heel getting babyface reactions, which I was really questioning. Now he's he's definitely positioned as the babyface, but he's doing nothing to to sell himself as a babyface. It is very strange. I think though, from a match perspective, that's a potential show stealing match. I mean, that's like. Uh, I think they're going to light it on fire. I'm excited to see that. Um, I wonder, as far as who's going to win it, because 
you feel like, you know, okay, Logan Paul, he's had, he had the Roman match, which he didn't win, you know, uh, and nor should he have. But I feel like how often can he lose? You know, right. he has very few matches. He has to beat somebody. So maybe this is the match where he wins. Uh, I, I thought I read that this was his last match on on his contract. contract so, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that's I guess that's a, another part of the equation is is right. he around? You know, is, is there a future for him there? Here, is this the end um, for him? In which case, maybe it make, makes more sense for him to lose rather than um, Seth take a loss and then Seth potentially be moved into um, a contender uh, uh, position with with Cody. That's so um, who knows? But yeah, I think both of them were going to have something to prove. Seth is is maybe the best worker in the company, and um, uh, Logan's just been terrific, a, a natural. And it's his birthday. You know, he wanted Russell. He wanted uh, John Cena, so he got Seth Rollins. I think I he's going to be super uh, uh, motivated to kind of like prove to everybody that he is that good. One thing really bothered me, and I don't want to go off on a whole anti-Logan Paul rant, but like, you know, watching, I don't know if you guys saw, have seen, you know, him talking about it on his show, uh, the match and everything and the, and Seth and Cena and then Seth Rollins. I, I don't know how much of this is a work when he's on there with his buddies on there. The only one I know is his brother, but he's got his whole crew on there and they're talking about Seth Rollins when it initially happened. And the idea of like not really knowing who he was. And I don't know if that's the route you want to go. Cause it really, it came across again as a shoot. Like these were a bunch of very huge mainstream celebrities, meaning the Paul brothers, just sort of saying, I don't even know who this guy is, but they want me to wrestle him. And I, it, it just, it burns me up because it's like, yeah. they're paying him obscene amounts of money. He's, you know, coming in to this business, these people are working their asses off. And if that's part of the bill, that's one thing, but it, it it didn't seem that way. And it just seems like, again, WWE, like bending over backwards to kiss the ass of celebrities that don't really care about them. And I don't think that's necessarily true with Logan Paul because he's put in a lot of work and he's shown a great work ethic and seriousness and dedication. But when he's talking like that on his show, and it's not just him and it, everybody talking that way, to me, it's just a bad look. And it comes off as really heelish, not in a good way, in like right. a get this guy off my TV kind of way. Yeah, yeah. Scott, do you have high hopes for this match? I mean, yeah, the match itself, I think will be, you know, the, both of them have proven to be great athletes. And, you know, you're going to see some big spots and things like that. Um, but you know, I agree with you. It's interesting because he, he has such respect for the business. He talks about having so much respect. He obviously put the work in to, for these matches, working with Shawn Michaels and others and shaking hands and things like that. And I've gotten, you know, reactions from wrestlers uh, talking talking about him, how he carries himself backstage. And then he's on the show. It's almost like he's trying to play the character role of what he's following through. But you're like, like you're saying, he's kind of missing the mark in that sense kind of portraying it as, oh, it's, you know, just something I'm doing, you know, as a hob, like one of the other people that were on the show was talking about, oh, they were going to get signed. And, you know, if I, if there's a, a, you know, some sort of, I get canceled or some sort of uh, scandal, then I can fall back on wrestling. I know. And that kind of was disrespectful yeah. in a lot of ways. Uh, but as far as the match itself, I think it's direction of if he's staying on with us, I mean, maybe he defeats Seth and it's like a, a really underhanded way. And then he'll use that to kind of really irritate Seth that he lost to Logan Paul. But if he's not sticking around, then yeah, you gotta, I would think Seth gets the win here. 
And just yeah. him, you know, him sitting there on the show. And look, I, I know I'm harping on the show, but it's seen by millions of people. Probably more people watch that show than watch Raw. And to have him sitting there and explaining to his cohorts, like why Seth Rollins is important and a big deal, it just came across as so condescending and cringeworthy and burying the guy. It's like mm-hmm. this backhanded compliment of like, no, 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 guys, listen. Uh, you know, he, he's really good. Like they say, you know, he has really great matches and stuff. Like he's really, it just, it, it buried him and, yeah. and it, it, it bothered me. It just did. Yeah. No, I hear you. Uh, okay. I try to get through these last few matches a little quicker. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. no, uh, no, <laughs> uh, uh, Brock and, uh, Omas, um, you know, I don't think anybody was thrilled when, when this was announced. I think they've done a fine job of building it up. I mean, um, really kind of selling it on these big two giant, behemoths uh if if anything one you know brock's looks kind of small you know when they do like that tail of the tape kind of thing brock's not all that tall for a wrestler he's just sort of massive uh and amas really i mean i i think they're doing a good job of of driving home that he's you know bigger than andre bigger than big show um not necessarily better than those guys so um you know, given that this seemed to be kind of thrown together in eleventh hour, I think it's a it's a fine build. It's got to be fast, right? I mean, you you got to do this in three minutes. Um, and I don't know what you do here. I mean, Brock's getting up there. I think they kind of got what they're going to get out of Brock. Omas is the project, uh, so it would stand to reason that Omas goes over here. What do you think, Brian? Although it it makes me hesitate because knowing the way that they build these things up though doesn't always work this way the way they left off with brock being like really given pause like oh my god wow this guy is uh, i don't know the way that he drove him out of the ring and threw the scale at him and brock couldn't even stay in the ring with him and they and he actually looked like not scared but concerned that makes me think brock's gonna win you know the, the way <laughs> yeah. that it usually plays out um but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I I, I think it's good that you know, people always complain and I about it, and I I've always been a Brock supporter, but people always complain about him constantly being in the mix and at the top and constantly, and and even I have to say, yeah, this is the time to sort of pull back a little with him. I think he was probably their their biggest guy, honestly, when all is said and done, for uh, the pre Roman Reigns era, you know, between Cena and him. But I think this is the time to he's right where he needs to be um i think but i think again in keeping with wrestlemania i think uh, i think he should probably win i think you want to have that reaction of of him overcoming the giant i think that that's what you want to have for wrestlemania yeah and again thinking ahead to who does cody work with you know brock is a name that's that's a SummerSlam main right. event right? i don't want to see him work with us. like i'd rather yeah see him <laughs> before, you know yeah. how about you scott um, I mean, if they're really committed to Amas, then this would be a moment they can build. I mean, he they were building him up, and then he lost to Lashley, so you know yep. this could be Enter an opportunity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this could be a a way for for them to really cement him if they're really serious about. It. And especially, you know, there's always talk of Brock being on his way out, which they always are talking about. Like, there's always, oh, is this the end or whatever? Is he saying goodbye to everyone backstage? But, um, you know, I I don't like again. I if you're going to build him up, I think it wouldn't hurt Brock in this case. If, if they have the shocker where, you know, Amos gets the win here. 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Austin Theory and, and John Cena. Um, you know, it's crazy. John Cena, one of the biggest stars in the history of the company. And um, I'd say pretty low down on, on the card. I mean, this does not have like the marquee feel of some of these other matches. Uh, I think it's, you know, it, it's hamstrung a couple ways. Cena's not been around, right? I mean, I think he made the, the one appearance uh, and, and that's it. And, and you know, I don't know. The fans are all in on, on Austin Theory. I think he's, you know, got a huge upside, but it, kind of feeling a little bit like what we were talking about Rhea Ripley a couple of years ago. It's like somebody who, uh, it, it, you know, the 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 turkey is not quite ready yet, you know, in, in the oven. He still has some, some cooking to do. Uh, so because of that, I don't think this feels as as important as maybe they they hoped it would feel when when you know the the return of a former star at WrestleMania is supposed to be a big big deal. This is the spot that Hulk Hogan had for years or Triple H or, or um, those types. The Rock now it's Cena, and it's the U.S. title. You know, I think again when you look at this lineup, I I say certainly the lower half uh, of the card, and the build hasn't been uh, great. Uh, another one where I'm not sure what you do with it, you know, in as much as Cena's not around, I don't, I don't know that you put the U.S. title uh, on him, uh, but it also sort of feels like Cena, we, Cena needs to win a match. You know, it's it's been a while, and I think, like, if you want to drive home that point, the greatest of all time, um, you need to kind of remind fans um, why that is. So uh, I could go either way here, but I assume that the theory will win this match. Well, Cena killed him in that promo. I mean, again, you want to talk about burying somebody six feet under. I mean, he, he again, very close to home because we can we can sit at home and go, yeah, this guy's not ready. And this guy, like nobody cares about him and all this. And he's just not quite ready. It's another thing to have Cena saying it in a storyline when the guy is standing there holding the United States championship. So if he's not ready, how the hell is he the United States champion? Yeah. You know, from a fan point of view. They killed him. And I so I think the only way to go with this is Theory has to win. He has to prove Cena wrong. Unless, and, you know, you could do a match where he, he gives him a lot, really tests him, shows him that he's legit, but doesn't win. Yeah, but then but then he's just proving him right. Like, yeah, you're right. I wasn't quite ready yet. And then he's really dead. And I mean, like, I think that will really harm him unless that's their intention, <laughs> which I don't know. You wouldn't put it past them. But yeah. uh, Cena, I mean, does Cena need to be the United States champion? He's not even going to be around. Maybe yeah. they do the thing of like, you know, where he wins on some kind of technicality. I don't know where it's like uh, he he wins, but he doesn't win the belt. I don't know. But but uh, but I think you got to be very careful because unless you want to marginalize theory, which, like I said, is not out of the question. I think he's got to win. Yeah. Do you assume that too, Scott? Yeah, I mean, I don't see with Cena. I mean, with his schedule and everything, I don't see him like yeah. holding the title. So <laughs> there, there's no other route around it. It's just a question of how do you get there. Uh, is it going to be a decisive win? Is it going to be an underhanded win where where Cena is like impressed with him, like oh okay, and, or is it going to be a point where okay, I, you know, you earned my respect, sort of thing. But right. then, what does that do for for Theory as a the heel? So it'll be interesting to see how how they get there. But I can't see you know Theory losing here. The yeah. only thing, the, the, the only thing you could do, and again, I wouldn't do this, but if they wanted to go the route of where theory takes it so far, he's so incensed and he's so intent on proving himself worthy and so angry at Cena that he winds up like, getting just, yeah, getting disqualified and really like hurting Cena badly in some way, and like, it, 
Cena wins the match on the DQ, but doesn't, you know, I don't know. I just think that's a muddy way to do it, but it's an option, I guess. Yeah. Um, the Intercontinental title, I think it's the first time in a while we've got it defended at WrestleMania. Um, and it's a, a, a hell of a match. I think Gunther, um, Sheamus, and, and Drew McIntyre, uh, I think is going to be a lot of fun. I, I love the chemistry uh, between these three guys. I think you're going to see some really stiff punches and chops. Um, so, yeah, again, it shows you the depth of this card. This is pretty low on the card, and um, I think this is going to be a hell of a match. I, you know, again, I think common sense would dictate that that Gunther wins. I could see it going to Sheamus. You know, Sheamus has kind of been the feel-good story um, since going on, on that run with the Clash of the Castle where he looks so good. Uh, I could see them giving him his moment here and put the title on him. Gunther could get it back, you know. Yeah, I think it's interesting that uh, in in the storyline, you've got Gunther complaining about the match being a triple threat, which makes sense for his, you know, wrestling purist character that he he, he thinks that it sullies the belt and sullies the title to, to be defending it in this way. And yet, ironically from somebody who generally doesn't like triple threats, this is probably one of the most appealing triple threats I can remember where it feels right for the cert for the story. And it actually feels like it's going to deliver a great match. I think that's kind of funny, but I think, uh, you know, you've, it, it gives them something to do. Drew, Drew is sort of like, you know, we know that he's not where he used to be. So it puts him in something relevant. We know that Sheamus and Gunther could deliver because they have. And so I, I think it's going to be great. I'm not even totally sure that he loses it here. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. How about you, Scott? Um, I mean, considering everything and what happened last year, I would love to see Sheamus uh, get that moment. Mm -hmm. um, the fans were so connected with him last year and the match that he had with Gunther. So I – I think it would be really cool to see uh, Sheamus kind of take the title um, and kind of have that, that moment with the fans once again. I mean, when you look at the accolades of Sheamus though, it's pretty incredible what he's accomplished in 10 years plus, you know, he's virtually done it all, but he's kind of found a way to kind of become, you know, this renewed sense of energy and the fans that really kind of bought into that. So I think that would kind of build up even more if he got that title and then him and Gunther kind of continue their course uh, moving forward. Yeah, like Gunther yeah. might be moving on to you know higher things. There's another opponent for Cody there, too. right? Absolutely, yeah, that's yeah. a natural opponent. Yeah. Uh, so uh, last two matches officially on the card are these showcase matches, um, four team uh, matches, one for the women, one for the men. I don't know that we'd spend much time on them. Oh, you know, and anything stand out? Is there any of uh, anybody here who you you know? I, I guess the story of. Um, these two matches collectively is Ronda Rousey, who, you know, was one of the biggest stars in, in the company. You know, Brian, you, you and I talked about where is Ronda on this WrestleMania build? We now know that, that she has a broken arm. Um, so I think it, it makes sense. It's fine that that you, you know, she gets to work WrestleMania. You could protect her. Probably doesn't have to do very much if she even tags in uh, at all. Um, you know, no real stakes in either of these matches. I would have liked to have seen the, the women's tag team title uh, defended in, in this match. It, 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 they're not doing anything with it in the uh, the other six-person uh, match. And the men's um, tag team title, it just seems like a way to get some guys on, on the show. I imagine, you know, one of the priorities here is going to be protecting Montez Ford, who they seem to have um, some plans for as a singles. Uh, but otherwise... 
uh, it's a way to get some guys on the show and girls. Yeah. yeah. And, and I don't, that's what it is. And so I was sort of relieved in a way when I saw things like the battle world getting moved off the show and like the, not doing the 24 seven title and all these kind of things, because I feel like I think they need to resist the urge to do this thing where like everybody's got to be on the show and it's better than it used to be. Uh, but again, this is sort of, again, a concession to that. It's like, well, do we need these matches? I say no. I don't think we yeah. need either one of them. And in fact, if anything, uh, it's filler. And it could have been either completely taken off or turned into a couple of interesting tag team matches or singles matches between some of these participants instead of doing this. It, it serves nobody. It helps nobody. It's just a way to get them paid, which I'm not going to begrudge them. But from the point of view of the viewer, it's just like, why do we? Why do we need these matches here? So, yeah. Especially when you've got two nights, it just feels like people look at matches like these and go like, well, can we just have one night and have the matches be, you know, more important? I, you know, I, yeah. I, I just think it's, that they're unnecessary. I, I, I'm not convinced that maybe one or both of these don't end up on, on Friday night at, at SmackDown. I mean, they need something to flesh that show out. And I know they haven't been doing matches on the on the pre-show anymore lately. Right. But it might be right. again because it's WrestleMania that might wind up being on the pre-show of both nights. Who knows? Yeah. And, and those are, those are actually pretty good spots because the crowd is so excited. So if you want like a good crowd reaction to these matches, sure. it's, I a don't see Rhonda show. though, being on a pre-show or a smack that you're yeah. paying all Rhonda, all of the money. She's going to be on the main show. I think yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good but point. I'm, you know, I'm on team complaint department. I want to see them win. <laughs> yeah. I like and, the act too. Yeah. <laughs> so I think there's yeah, team, I'm great. on team tough enough here. They, they're, you know, the late additions to the card. So, I would love to see the reaction if if they actually win, and then I'm all for the Viking Raiders. I think oh, they have no. such a cool presentation. I think you know, I would love for them. To, <laughs> I, I, I don't know that I've ever disagreed with somebody more on this podcast. I, they're just it's, amazing in the. I mean, they they're incredible in the ring. So and I they don't they haven't gotten their chance. And I think Chad Gable and Otis should kind of go their separate ways and kind of you know nobody's getting. The that's the thing. Nobody's getting. A, a chance in the in these matches there are people right. in there who deserve who deserve a little bit more and there are people in there who who don't probably even deserve to be on the show but and mixing it all up like this like i said it just helps nobody it does, <laughs> yeah. it helps it th these matches do nothing for anybody they just take yeah I uh yeah very much not a fan of the Viking Raiders. It's just doesn't work. For me. I, I like I agree with doesn't Scott. Doesn't work for me, bro. Really? Other way. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe I'm I'm on my own here, but I'm just I'm not a fan at all at, at the act of the act. Um. So they're they're look, and I'm happy. Did you see the Northman, Al? Did you see the? Yeah, Northman? yeah I don't know. Whoever maybe. is not, booking this the has seen the Northman. <laughs> <laughs> um. Last thing on, on WrestleMania, maybe we'll touch real quick on the Hall of Fame and and the Battle Royal. The Miz hosting. Anything? I mean, is this where he gets? Does Steve Austin come out and give him a stunner? You got to do something with the Miz here, right? I guess. I mean, you want to, how you feel about the Viking Raiders is how I feel <laughs> about the Miz. I don't know. I just don't get it. He has his supporters. People say he's a great heel, and but he's just like, I don't know, man. He just drains the life out of me when he comes out and he does the. Anytime Miz TV is on, I'm fast yeah. forwarding through it. I, I just. He plays a role, you know, uh, there. He, he sure he, does. He's the guy for certain. And, and in, in that sense, I think this is a fine role for him because he's kind of the stooge. Um, and they got to have something planned. I don't know what that is, you know. It, it, 
it, it, it feels as the like host now this makes me think he's going to be all over this show and i don't know if no, that's you know it, a host no, they had him a couple segments much. yeah yeah like in the yeah. past they've had new day and hogan and, and i feel like they haven't used him all that much you know through the show that like okay. once or twice but you know it's the miz so miz tv you gotta have on wrestlemania you gotta have maurice on the show maybe we'll have the, the whole fam yeah yeah like this is the segment like, where some returning star comes out and beats him up. I would, I would think that would be a good payoff. Yeah, yeah. Um, the a, a real quick Andre Giant battle. Well, not newsworthy. Other than the fact that um, we saw the Lashleys now in it, it means I guess officially they're not doing Bray Wyatt and and Bobby Lashley, which was the plan. To me, you know, while we're on the topic of of acts that we don't like, you know, to, to me it is addition by subtraction not having Bray Wyatt on the show. I don't get it. I don't, I don't like it. I, I think it would have drained the crowd. Um, but uh, it sucks for Lashley. I, I hate to see him, you know, booted off the show uh, and and now in a battle royal that I will assume he'll he'll win. You know, for what that's worth. Again, and it, and it falls in line with the the curse of of Bray Wyatt. And I know everybody got all excited yep. when he came back, and it was a moment. It was cool. And then he just reminded everybody of why he went away in the first place. And I didn't want to think that way. We, we talked about it. It was like a slow motion car wreck week to week, me and you out talking about yeah. it. And I think, like, look what it's done. Again, Lashley is worse off. Um, and he's not even working with him anymore. And he's still he's worse off. And, and yeah. Lesnar dodged a bullet here. He yeah. was very smart. Clearly what he said was, I'm not doing this. Screw, I'm not working with that. With this yeah. whole thing, I'm not doing it. Forget it. And look, it's very telling. Now he's nowhere to be seen. And I don't know if you saw this, but and again, I don't know if there's a connection, but it's easy to be drawn. Very recently, there was one of the members of the creative writing team was let go. And he was a guy who had in the past been heavily involved with Bray Wyatt's stuff. So it might be sort of like a come to Jesus moment of like, this is not working and this yeah. whole thing is not working at all. It's cool for a certain segment of fans, but I don't know if that's translating or worth it in the bigger picture. What what I'm mindful uh, of in being too harsh on Bray is that he's been out there um, in, in the past, I think, talking about some mental health challenges and emotional issues. I don't know how much some that is tied to this. You know, he, he he might be going through a rough time. Um, so certainly my sympathies with him. All that said, I, I don't think he makes for good TV. A lot of people disagree with me. You know, you, you see them on social media. He certainly has his following. Um, but yeah, there's a track record now, a, a proven track record. And I don't know what's behind this. Um, but yeah, it's kind of a mess, Scott. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's really disappointing because when he came back, he had this such hopes and, and reaction and then they had the Mountain Dew match and it seems like everybody he's been working with hasn't really benefited. But LA Knight is another one that I'm like, yeah. they got to do something with him at WrestleMania, maybe with The Miz. Um, I think he could be a major star. He really has it. He could win the Battle Royal. He's the kind of guy you could have win the Battle Royal, for, again, for whatever that's worth. But they got but they have him beating Rey Mysterio was a good step in the right direction, so maybe he wins the Battle Royal or I feel like there's something with The Miz or there's something that they, they should do. Like we're talking about Bray Wyatt, but LA Knight is definitely um, someone that I think they need to turn their attention to a little bit more. And then whatever's going on backstage with, with Bray Wyatt, it's kind of a weird dynamic and we don't really understand it because we're just the audience and we're just seeing what's on TV. And 
the starts and stops isn't doing him any favors either. So, you know, try something yeah. else or I don't, not sure, but yeah, definitely with LA Knight though, I think should kind of move forward. And then with Lashley, it's like, it is interesting. He's an, I feel bad for him because, you know, he had that match build and he's done such a great job. He should be on WrestleMania. Um, but you know, this is uh, all happening and you got to go with the punch, you know, roll with the punches here. So, yeah, I don't know. Maybe, eh, maybe that's one triple threat too many, but could you've plugged them in with Brock and Amos? I mean, that it would have made for a better match. You'd have two guys who could work in there um, and it would sort of help. Some story, the idea yeah. Of the, yeah. These are these giant, you know, guys. Um, but it's fine. The, the last thing, uh, Hall of Fame also uh, Friday night, uh, a, they, I think thankfully gotten smaller classes in the last couple of years. Ray Mysterio, we talked about certainly worthy in, in any hall of fame by any standard. Um, the great Muda, you know, I don't think he's ever done anything in WWE, um, yeah. but, but in the news and, and I, you know, certainly uh, worthy of, of a wrestling hall of fame, Andy Kaufman, the celebrity inductee and Stacy Keebler. Um, and I guess there's talk of a referee getting the, uh, the warrior award. I don't know who that would, would be they haven't announced anybody i know the hebners have been pushing for um uh induction i, I interviewed uh, brian hebner here uh, a few weeks ago and he was making the case for the family essentially going in his uncle um and his dad um uh, but you know it could be tim white it could be um you know i think it might be great to put michael coyote in, in the um in the uh, hall of fame uh any thoughts on the hall of fame i think the one thing that stands out, well, I mean, that most stands out is for all the groaning about the celebrity wing, I think this is by far the best use of the celebrity wing. Somebody, meaning Andy Kaufman, somebody who really contributed and isn't just going in because, hey, he was on an episode of Raw once. Right. You know, I love William Shatner, but you know, give me a break. Yeah. Uh, this is somebody that feels like, yeah, this guy, this is somebody who's important to wrestling. He was but not WWE. Guy. But that doesn't matter anymore because somebody said this too. And I'm like, look, all bets are off. I remember for the first person, it was Harley Race when they inducted Harley Race in 04 or 03. They were not inducting Harley Race because he was the king of wrestling for two years. They were inducting him because he was Harley Race, the eight-time world heavyweight champion. Once they started doing that, you knew that they were embracing this idea of – we own all of wrestling now. We are wrestling history, and and I, I'm fully on board because otherwise Muda doesn't go in either. I mean, let's. That's just it. it. I mean, it's a very kind of non WWE centric um, class. I wonder if if um, Vince was still running the show, we'd have it th this much. And um, you know, I even thought usually the, the formula um, includes a tag team, and we don't have one this year. And I thought like who that tag team would be, and I thought, well, they haven't done uh, Midnight Express yet. But then it, I mean, it really becomes. Well, the Rock and Roll Express is in. The Midnight Express absolutely should be in. Sure. Rock, yeah. Rock and Roll Express is in. They inducted Gorgeous George. He didn't even, yeah. WWE didn't even exist when he was wrestling. They inducted The Sheik. You know, there's people that, there's a, a strong precedent for this. Nick Bockwinkle went in. I mean, there's a precedent for, um, we recognize your, the accomplishments of of anybody. Yes, it's, it's WWE-centric. But we recognize uh, the accomplishments of other people. And especially, you know, there's the Jerry Lawler connection. And Jerry Lawler has been a beloved part of WWE for 30 years now. So, you know, that adds to the Kaufman thing. I, Muda is definitely out of left field. But, uh, again, is if that's the route they're taking of embracing all of wrestling, 
then absolutely it's a very cool thing to do. Um, you know, the, the Stacey Keebler thing. I, I mean, I know they have this thing where they have to induct a woman every year. And I know she was a part of a very special era. Yeah, I think she's fine. You know, I mean, I think they put Charmel in last year. I mean, she certainly means more than, than Charmel did and, and some other folks who have gone in. Um, so True. I think it's fine. Yeah, okay. Since you say it's fine, I'll. <laughs> I give it's my an interesting group for sure, though. If you put them all in a in a in a you know in a, in a room, <laughs> it's interesting to see who would be how that would play out. But you know, I agree. Like with Andy Kaufman, it's you know it's interesting. The Jerry Lawler documentary came out, and then a couple days later, they made the announcement, which I think was a smart move because he was already on top of people's minds. Um, next to Cindy Lauper, I think he definitely definitely deserves to be in. And I like the idea of having you know Muda in, even though he didn't work for the the company. He did inspire a lot of WWE superstars. Uh, you look at Oscar right now. So, um, yes. but one thing you know for me, the legacy. There was a lot of legacy. They just kind of mentioned their name, and I really think they should be you know given their their time too. So it's interesting that they how who they decide to put in the legacy and. And it's interesting that there is no tag team because um, you're kind of going through the same breakdown every every year and you're kind of going away from that. Um, but my biggest gripe for the Hall of Fame real quick is just the fact that they've kind of moved it on to being after SmackDown when I liked it kind of was it, it kind of deserved its own kind of aura and its own energy and its own venue. Yes, and pe- yeah. Not after a show where people have already been exhausted, they're cheering, they're all this. And then you know, now you're going to let them, you know, have them listen to speeches for you know so long so i i mean i'm not i'm not a fan of that i mean i'm glad but there's, there's the logistics of it, of it right i mean yeah that, i get it that's an extra but, night of wrestlemania when yeah. do you do it then i just feel bad for the yeah for them and that's yeah i've said it before but i'm really of the opinion that this does not need a big live crowd and i know i know a lot yep. of people don't agree with that i think this is better as a TV, as an awards show, like a TV show, of course. Like a banquet. But a banquet, banquet. Yeah, like it used to be. be in yeah. the 90s. Right. Uh, the, I think the crowd, again, does it no favors. Sometimes they'll crap on people's speeches or they'll say stupid, inappropriate things or they'll just get bored. Um, I don't think, especially in this case where you've got like the crowd's not going there for this. They're going there for SmackDown. It's the, it's not even that, hey, we're buying a ticket to the Hall of Fame. So right. Uh, I, I think they it, it would be better served to be like a company banquet where it's all the people from the company there, all the families and friends of the inductees and everything. I think it would make for a much better show. Yeah, they used to even uh, a few years back uh, when they had them. Uh, I remember the one in uh, Orlando. It was like formal attire. You had to uh, mm-hmm. you had to go there. There's a dress code for sure. Yeah, there's a dress code. Yeah, now now it's moved so far away. Yeah, I imagine a lot of the people won't even stick around. Um, for the Hall of Fame, uh, but it's always a, a cool show, especially seeing all the spouses and everybody dressed up. It, it's neat. We'll, we'll have Ric Flair. I think it'll be Ric Flair's first appearance in a while in WWE, so um, should be a good show. Um, any, any thoughts on on the um, the Warrior Award? Who, who it should go to? If it again, word is it's a referee. They're saying right that the that the referee is going to be the Warrior Award, and right. I feel like um, when they described it as somebody who is everybody. widely beloved, that's the thing. Uh, my initial reaction was it's got to be the Hebners. And I know you've got Earl Hebner. Dave just passed away. So that would be kind of fitting and appropriate. But you know what? When you mentioned Tim White, that gave me pause because Tim White is also somebody, especially within the company, who was beloved. I mean, he was a lot more than a referee. He was like somebody on the road. He was Andre the Giants, you know, handler. He was a trusted associate. 
Um, Cause I can't think of anybody like Mike Kyoto is not to say he's not deserving, but I don't know if I would, if he's known to be this yeah. beloved figure, you know, I don't, I don't know, but, but the Hefners are, mm-hmm. and despite how they left the company, the Hefners are, and Tim White is, I can't yeah. think of anyone else who fits that description. Who's alive. Anyway. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like the, uh, the right guy. Uh, all right, guys. Uh, I think we covered it all. Um, very much looking forward uh, to the show. Going to be there. I think Candace is also going to be in the building representing PWI. I think she's going to try to do the, uh, the the press conference, uh, which is just as well. I don't think I want to stay up that late. Um, <laughs> and uh, Brian, you and I will make plans to, uh, I guess, recap it all early next week. Yeah, that'd be great. And if they ever decide to not have WrestleMania on my son's birthday weekend, I'll probably is that right? Oh boy, bring it as well. Yes, <laughs> yeah, take him to Philadelphia next year. I know. I'm already thinking about it. Yeah, I think I'm sure trying. Yeah. Well, thanks right, for having guys. me on, guys. I appreciate yeah. it. Anything either you want to plug? Uh, no, just uh, thanks. Thanks for the time. I really appreciate it. Excellent.